Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Kappa Connect. Uh, again, I am Training Chief Eric Merrill. Glad to be with you. And today, I am very, very excited to have one of my favorite human beings on the planet, Russ Smith, Engineer Russ Smith. He is with us today because we're going to talk about something very, very sensitive. So um, <laughs> before we get started, though, Russ, you were actually brought up in the last, last podcast. So the last podcast that I was on here with uh, a handful of recruits, you were voted, uh, one person at least, their favorite RTO. So all the more reason why I wanted to bring you here today. I almost thought you said least favorite at first, because when he started talking about how I was intimidating at the Earl board table and then yelling at him at the academy, I kind of yeah. thought, did he misunderstand the question? I almost, if we weren't running out of time, I was going to ask him to elaborate on what he meant by you yelling at them, because <laughs> I've never seen you yell, yell at anybody before. Um, however, I, I've heard you yell in, in the gym, in the weight room before, you know, but that's... My wife I think, says it's something in my eyes, so oh. maybe it was just yelling through my eyes. I don't oh, know. gosh, that's... Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> we'll find out in their evaluations, I guess, formally. But um, what I'd like to do today, Russ, is uh, one, I want to bring up the Recruit Academy just a little bit. So you've been a huge part of it, just like you've been a huge part of all the other previous academies. And, um, you know, outside of yelling it and making some of the recruits cry, uh, <laughs> you're very good at building them up and, and teaching them in great detail a lot of things. And so I greatly appreciate what you bring to the training division. So let me ask you, what are your thoughts on this current uh, recruit academy and how it's been going? Uh, I think it's been going great. I think as we have progressed into this uh, time where we're providing the fire one and two, there's challenges that come along with that. But about halfway through, I always have that thought of how are we going to get these folks all the way through the finish line on the engine, actually responding to the call, serving our community. There's a big question mark in my head as to whether or not we're going to make that deadline. By the end, we always make it and we're always there and, and mm -hmm. uh, everybody's up to par where they need to be. So um, I think like uh, was said in a, a recent meeting, there's just a little higher um, – there's going to be a little higher expectation placed on our captains or crews to get them, you know, uh, trained up beyond the academy. We're giving them surface level, just scratching, you know, the surface on what yep. they need to know, one way to do it. And uh, that's why they're on the engine to learn the rest of the ways, go to training from there and kind of take their career from there. Yeah, no, that's a great point because they are they are actually just coming in as entry-level firefighters. Right. And so I do think we need to curb our expectations a little bit. However, when you work for CAFMA, as you know, and I don't care what division you're in, if you're wearing our brand, our expectation is always going to be a little bit higher than the status quo. And I think that's what makes us the gold standard. Um, so with that, uh, a couple other things. I'd like to thank, um, so we had Justin Veneta, Marshall Casley, Nelson Lopez. What a rising star that dude is turning out to be in our organization, but especially in the wildland division. Oh yeah, that guy's uh, a stud. Oh my gosh. So, uh, and he's only, uh, he just got off probation, which, you know, big congratulations to that group that just got off probation. And then um, now they're starting to transfer some of their uh, knowledge, skills, and abilities that they've gained over the last year and giving it back to the training division. So uh, Nelson being one of them, he actually took a really big step in his development and really led up a lot of the 130 and 190, which is just that bare bones wildland firefighter type two um, uh, education last week. And it concluded with some live fire, which uh, I believe our good friend Kathy um, put a little bit out there with our social media. So uh, did we get a lot of likes, clicks? <laughs> yeah, actually, we got some really great stuff on that. Yeah. We put up the pre the pre burn briefing picture. Yeah. That got a lot. People were very thankful. Yeah, no, it's always good to kind of get that um, uh, 
that real time, you know, the, the pictures and the, and the advertising, that's like kind of like free marketing, but at the same time, we're just being fully transparent with what we're doing, you know, at the time, like, Hey, this week we're doing wildland and we are putting stuff out there during that week of this is what we're doing. Yeah, and, absolutely. And here's the investment we're making in you. And that kind of leads us into some of the other stuff we'll talk about as far as, you know, the investment we're inspecting out of the people that are coming to work with us. Yeah, exactly. So a uh, great week of 13190. So big thank you to those good people that helped out with that. And then another bit of exciting news that happened last week at Carta was the Yavapai College Fire 1 and 2 Academy. They concluded their semester and Friday night um, took their written test. Saturday did all their JPRs and their state skills testing. Mm-hmm. And then I was fortunate enough to uh, be able to attend their graduation on Saturday. So here we have a group of new recruits, uh, recruit recruits that are coming out and <laughs> going to start applying for jobs, which... Russ brings us where we are today. And we're going to discuss today oral boards. Oral boards always seem to be the hardest part for individuals when it comes to promotional processes and especially right now with where we're at with recruiting. Um, there's a good chance that we could end up starting a recruitment process at some point in early 2024, which means if we're going to start hiring a new batch of firefighters at some point early 2024, Right. We kind of need to start, uh, you know, if I was somebody who was interested in CAFMA, I would want to start today in that process. So with ORA boards being such a big part of, of this process, Russ, let's first ask the question of um, you sat with myself and Captain Seats on the ORA board panel last testing. Right. What are some things that you noticed sitting on that side of the table that you could offer as suggestions or advice to the next batch of uh, recruit candidates? You know, that's a really good um, question because in the last set of oral boards, what I saw was there was a lot of really good people that came in, um, a lot of which didn't get hired. Um, And I truly believe it was just a a matter of them uh, not having made the investment yet. Um, Good people just didn't have what it took to get through the oral board process. Uh, The oral boards are uh, a very unique uh, interview to their own. It's not a typical interview like when you go to a bank or, you know, to the grocery store and and you get a job for as a checker. You know, this is a career uh, and there's a lot of investment made on both parts on the candidate. But then also uh, full circle uh, from us as well, not only from an organizational standpoint, but me sitting on the other side of the table, I know I'm going to invest in you in the academy. Uh, I'm going to invest in you throughout your career. Um, So I want to see an individual that is going to fit what we're looking for, uh, that's going to make the same investment on their end. So um, that process, you said, it hopefully starts now. In my mind, it it starts well before now because I always tell guys, one of the first things I tell them is, hey, the day you decide this is what you want to do, that Mm -hmm. I want to be a firefighter. That's a lifestyle. That's a career. That's a family. That's a culture. Um, that starts the day you make that decision, the mm-hmm. interview process, and then you build from there. And that doesn't stop the day you get the job. That continues all the way through, whether you're a firefighter, engineer, captain, all the way up oh, yeah. through the chief levels, right? Everyone is accountable to somebody at some point. So we're all investing in each other. And I think that's kind of the the, the take-home uh, point here for me is that I want to see folks that are really, truly investing, you know, in the process, um, that are, that are dedicated throughout that, um, that process in that they take the time to research what oral boards are about, mm-hmm. what type of questions are asked. Um, they're going out to the, the stations to do ride-alongs with the crews to get feedback. I remember the first time that I did a uh, mock oral board, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, 
Um, I did it with you'll you'll let Rob Duplessis, Dennis Brown, and Sean Jones. Yeah. And for those that know those folks, like that set me up for success because uh, that was probably one of the most intimidating yeah. oral boards I've ever had in my life. Yeah. And every oral what board. What I wouldn't give to be a fly on the wall there. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that would have been a good time. Yeah. Um, you can only imagine what that was like. So, you know, since then, uh, I, you know, I took a, I left that day thinking, man, is this something I really want to do? Of course it was. So I kept investing in the process, kept honing that, that skill and ability to the point when I finally got to my oral boards, I had, um, Jeremiah King, Dustin mm-hmm. Para, uh, Zach Fields, Patty. So, Burkins. so like the, the friendliest people at yeah. CAFM at the time. So when I walked in and saw sp- smiles, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. <laughs> well, the um, worst part about the first three you mentioned is that you know that they get pleasure out of just completely intimidating you and messing with you that whole time. I suspect that's so. probably the case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now they're good friends. Yep. Um, in any case, uh, it, it's a process. And I tell guys, I had, uh, I've mentored several firefighters through this process successfully. And, um, I always tell them, start with your life story, get to know who you are first. I had one of our firefighters, Kyle Lund, I, I believe he got hired near the day he turned 18. And it was challenging to answer some of these, relate to some of these questions that we're asking. Um, a lot of the questions that we ask realize there's a why behind it. Mm-hmm. So as the candidate, when you're sitting there at the table, Take the second to stop, digest the question, and ask yourself, why are they asking this? And then um, try and, and grasp things from your, your past that can relate to whatever that, that question is. Um, with Kyle, that was challenging. Obviously, being 18, didn't have a lot of life experience. But he, I had him go back from his earliest memory all the way up to current day. Mm-hmm. And uh, through that, we were able to pull and extract some of these examples yeah. of integrity, ethics, you know, some of the key points that we're looking for mm-hmm. in a candidate. Um, I talked about the process. Uh, what I try and tell people is, uh, you know, it's a very awkward process. It, the first time you do it, like I said, when I was with Rod Plessis, Dennis Brown, and Sean yeah. Jones, um, it, very, very, very defeating. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt very deflated the first time that I walked away from that. But I learned I, this isn't a dialogue. Yeah. This is an oral board. Once I learned that, then I started answering the question in the proper format, but in doing that, it sounded very scripted because my answers were exactly how they should be answered. Mm-hmm. When you're on the other side of the panel, we hate hearing that. Yeah. So then as time goes on, and again, like I said, this is an investment. You got to be dedicated to get through it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so by the end, you, it, you, you take your life experiences and you're able to mold it into a, rather than being disgenuine, mm-hmm. into a more genuine response that we on the other side of the table can really relate to. Mm-hmm. And then once you get to that point, I feel like that's when you're ready. Yeah. So you made a few, uh, you made all great points and a couple of things I want to take away um, and really hone in on is, so I'll use, I'll use like your first panel, right? So, so Rob, Dennis, and Sean, those are three people who take a ton of pride in not only the fire service, but CAFMA and, and they were looking for you to do well. Absolutely. And that's why they're doing that. Plus it's also kind of fun to do that. Right. <laughs> um, but they're really trying to get the most out of you because they, <clears throat> they are looking for the same amount of pride and, and diligence in this organization, the fire service that they have. And so they're pushing you to get better. And that resilience is the same 
um, thing in a different shade when you talk about Kyle. So yes, Kyle Lund was, I think, 20 when he got hired. Right. And when you look at somebody like Kyle Lund, um, it speaks volumes to his character that he could come in at that age and he actually uh, he did a really good job in his aura board. And, and the difference with that is because, yeah, he didn't have a lot of life experience, but what he did have, he grabbed onto and really had a, a, a healthy and genuine way to articulate it. And one example that he gave was how uh, he really wanted to test with us. He needed his firefighter one and two. And the only option for him at that time frame was to go set up a camper over and I believe Heber, right. Heber Overgard, lived basically there and did the class on the weekends. And for somebody to really put that much time and energy into getting this certification and then test for us, that's life experience, but that's teaching resiliency. That's everything that we look for. Like that's, he can explain his why. And I think that's yeah. kind of what you're talking about is you can really articulate your why because you have that resiliency. You've, you've shown through life, you know, you don't get to dictate sometimes the things that are thrown at you and it's okay. Some people are like, gosh, I don't really have like the story to tell. I don't have, <laughs> right. I never really had a lot of challenges in life. And it's like, great, that's awesome. But tell us how you've helped others or benefited others in life. I mean, everybody has some sort of story to tell. But then another thing that you said that I like is that you have to practice that story though. Like you have to um, be able to articulate your story from in, in, in an aspect of a beginning, a middle and an end and clearly articulate whatever it is that you have to give us. And right. so I think that comes with almost, and you'd mentioned this before uh, we started this, but you almost have to write down your story mm -hmm. and then be able to articulate that in a certain amount of time because understand uh, for those who don't know this process yet, um, we're probably going to give you about five questions and 30 minutes to answer. And those people you spoke about early, some phenomenal people, like great people of character have come through and interviewed. They just maybe weren't as polished. And this is my, um, I guess, call to you at this point, if you're one of those people or somebody who you're worried about oral boards is when I say come in polished, I mean, know the organization. Uh, know a little bit more about the, the department than what you're just seeing on the surface. Right. Our website is a great resource. Understanding how many stations we have, how many square miles do we serve, how many, you know, roughly yeah. population of our And don't area. dwell on it, but you have those in yeah. the back of your head. So you could just boom, 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 boom. Here's what I know. Yeah. Um, I like the word resiliency. I like, mm -hmm. uh, I love that word. And here's, I, with our cadets, I always um, explain it to them like this. The reason I'm looking for that individual that's genuine, that mm -hmm. is resilient, is dedicated, is because... Uh, what I, I I talk in the sense of life priorities, right? Making yep. sure that you don't get your life priorities out of out of, line, out of alignment in the fire service, which mm -hmm. happens naturally. Oh yeah, because if you think about it, like I explained to my wife and the cadets, I said, imagine that you go home to your wife and kids, mm -hmm. and you have your phone set on alarm, just random alarm, mm -hmm. and every time it goes off, you got to tell your wife and kids, hurry up, hurry up, let's go, let's go, get in the car. You have one minute, let's go. We're gonna pump on somebody's chest. We're gonna go work a structure fire, whatever it is. You go home, everybody sits down, relax, starts watching, boom, alarm goes off, mm -hmm. random again. Now translate that into three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, and you're waking your wife up. Hurry up, honey, hurry up, get up, get up, get up. Let's go, get yep. in the car. We're going to go uh, run, a, run a wreck. We're going to run on a structure fire. Come back, barely fall asleep, yep. do it again. How long would your marriage last? Yeah. Um, don't ask me that question on a podcast, <laughs> Russ. So <laughs> my <laughs> wife actually watches these. Full, cir <laughs> right. Full circle, like yes. resiliency, that's what I'm getting at with these guys. That's why that's so right. important because that is what we are doing. And it takes individuals that are able to rise above, mm -hmm. that are dedicated enough and, and honed in their craft and their skill, um, but more importantly, resilient yeah. at three in the morning to be able to put a smile on their face, Yes, even when it's 
that's the hardest time to do it. Yeah. And it's not even, um, I'll double down on this. It's not even the life-saving stuff because your juices are already up. As soon as you get something that's a code three to a, to something that d- effect of um, structure fire, or car accident or something. But what about when it's three in the morning and you're going to the same public assist for the third time in a row? Right. And, and that could be just something non-emergent or it's, or it's the same type of call or same type of um, residence or something. It, it, you have to be more resilient for those. In fact, on that note, we just got a compliment. Uh, one of my first shifts acting captain, um, we got a compliment from that exact situation. Mm-hmm. Had nothing to do with me or my crew. It was the crews that had been there mm-hmm. 20, 30 times before I happened to land on that shift. I yeah. got the compliment, obviously shared it, mm-hmm. but it was more a testament of the crews doing exactly what you're talking about, putting a smile on their face, even though it's hard to do, yeah. getting up two, three, four times for the same person sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes that's what we do. You bet. But I'll tell you what, let's just say this right now on the podcast for everybody. So at least you heard it one time in your career. Just curb your expectations. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, this job really, like we advertise, as we were talking about earlier with Kathy, like we're advertising 13190 and they're doing a pre burn briefing because they went and burned. Or we teach structure fire tactic strategies. And that's that's great. And we love that stuff. And we got to be dialed in on that. But that's a very small part of the job anymore because we're so heavy in EMS. And especially, you know, we're having to transport more and more and more. And our, our medical side is becoming more and more critical. So therefore, even that in the, in the non-emergency calls, that's taking up a large majority of our calls. So for those who are looking for a job in the fire service, yes, we still get to do the fun stuff. But we also need to take pride and and there is, you know, we we are still helping people even on the non-emergency side as well. But we do need to curb our expectations just a little bit. We just don't um, compromise our standards and training. Absolutely. In closing, Mm -hmm. I want to transfer this conversation about uh, recruit testing and how about promotional exams or how about the other divisions? What are some other tips or advice that have to do with uh, oral boards that could also translate because we are going to be doing promotional exams in the spring and BC testing again in August. So what advice would you give just from being on that side of the table for somebody who's doing any type of oral board, uh, especially promotions or for other divisions? Uh, That's a great question. And I I think, uh, first and foremost, get comfortable at being uncomfortable. Um, and what I mean by that is when I was testing for engineer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy to get into, I'm a firefighter. I don't want to test because I don't want to be uncomfortable. I don't want to put myself in that situation on the other side of the table. I let, I got very comfortable at mentoring brand new guys coming into the fire service and critiquing them on the other side of the table and, and seeing them succeed through mm-hmm. that process. But then as it came time for myself to be on the, on the other side of the table, I, I didn't like that as much. Um, and I remember uh, I was working for uh, Captain Olson at the time. Um, Jesse Butterfield and I were both working for mm-hmm. him, both testing for engineer. And it was the classic, uh, you know, white table screeching across the concrete floors that mm-hmm. was like nail on the chalkboard to us, not in the sense of the sound, but just knowing what was coming, anticipating like, oh, we're about to do some mock roll boards again. And, mm-hmm. and that panic sets in, you know. Um, however, uh, you know, I'm thankful for all the times that he forced us into that situation yeah. initially, because by the end of it, I was extremely comfortable. And by the time the test came around and I actually walked into my roll board, all the nerves just went mm-hmm. away. I knew what I was going to answer because 
I had all the variables accounted for. Yeah. Um, so get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, and can I add something really quick? Because yeah. you, you mentioned Jesse and also Justin, <clears throat> you three. And, and so I just want to add this as far as my, my bit of advice. But you three were constantly at Carta drilling, pumping, working on ore boards. You guys were working together. Right. And every time Chief Para or myself or Chief Fetima that we've been at Carta, we've seen people group up and test together or drill together, I should say, and then test together. And they always end up like one, two, three. What are they always end up top? Anybody who works together. So that would be my probably biggest advice, like you just said. Yeah. Find a buddy um, or a couple that you guys can push each other and drill. And, and yeah, Jesse and I, we off on that note, we offset each other very well in that way. Um, as far as me, I was trying to figure out what people were saying by slow down, slow your process down so it looks more in my mind, I'm faster is better. Mm-hmm. I'm accomplishing the job faster. What's the big deal? Well, it took going out there with Jesse to explain, yeah. videotape me to have my brother come out and get another perspective to see what exactly people were saying. But on the flip side, there was, you know, uh, Jesse's a different person than I am. So we mm-hmm. balanced each other out very well. And it was a synergistic effect to kind of, you know, make us both better. Yeah. When it came time to the test, I think him and I would both attest to the fact that like I would have been Tickled to death if he got number one. And I think hopefully he would have been the same with me, you know, and, right. and uh, because I knew what he invested in that process mm-hmm. and it was as much or more than I had invested. So, yep. And that's why all three of you and anybody else who's believed in that same process have all thrived in your entire careers and you will continue to do so in the future. So, with that being said, good luck to you <laughs> in the rest of your endeavors because we still got two weeks left with the Recruit Academy. We do have all sorts of, uh, gosh, between the next calendar year, between classes, trainings, um, hiring, probably a couple times. Uh, you name it, we're going to be doing it. And so I just appreciate everything that you've done to help us in the training division with all that. And uh, the other thing I would probably add too is that uh, I'm covering today because Chief Freitag is out. And so our thoughts and prayers are with him as he's recovering from another surgery. I think one more he gets free. Uh, I think it, there's like a little punch card at the at the surgeon's office. So yeah. anyway, uh, but I, I teased only because I love him and I just hope that he uh, recovers quick and can get back. But I believe in the meantime, we may come back with the recruits again. Uh, I'm sure Kathy's got all sorts of fun things Good. planned. But yeah. in the meantime, for anybody who's looking to test with us, um, keep your ears and eyes to the social media. We should, uh, you know, we'll... we'll, we'll Put some teasers out at some point. So I think that's the influencers terminology, right? Like teasers, things like that. Um, I don't have an exact date or or know when we're going to test, but I do know that we'll let you know as soon as we know. And in the meantime, you know, take some of Russ's advice, start preparing for oral boards. Tie in with our admin, start scheduling those rides with the crews. We want to get to know you. Um, It's a lot better if we know you ahead of time before you come in and show yourself and, uh, you know. Just showing up, surprise I'm here. Those ride-alongs are key, right? (laughs) Absolutely. So, and do your research. And until then, like and subscribe, and we'll catch you guys uh, here in the near future.